podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, yeah. quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Fileo Fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub. And start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Premier League Nightclub Podcast. My name is Damon, and with me this week, I just have Woody, but to be honest, I'm just thankful I've got, got people around me, because, you know, the way the way the world's going at the moment, Woody, we could have had no, no podcast this week. Mate, it seems like everyone is dropping like flies, both uh, professionally and non-professionally as well. I mean, the <laughs> yeah. amount of people that rock up to uni these days are just like halved. Um, I had a 400-person uh, lecture today, and it was like 100 people there, if that. Sure, it um, So it was a pretty rough, pretty rough... It's definitely uh, causing society going to causing society to go into a bit of a lockdown. I know we have the thing called is it social distancing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we're about a meter, yeah, better, right? About but a meter, but I still, yeah, I still wouldn't want to sit next to you anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, mate, it's just a, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I know. Of course, talking about the coronavirus, and it's like one of those things where, well, last week we got we got off this pod, and I reckon within twenty four hours, Arteta, Arsenal manager had been diagnosed with it or tested positive. I don't know what the right terminology is. Then just after that, Hudson Adoy from Chelsea tested positive. Yep. Then, then it was like Dabala. Then, then <laughs> so many players. And then pretty much the the whole world of sport shut down. And I'm talking NBA. Yeah, within 48 hours. And yeah, well, I mean, we've probably got, we're probably recording a podcast right now at the wrong time again because I think UEFA are making a decision on the Euros and other European competitions overnight here in Australia. So... By the time this podcast comes out, probably going to have a better idea of what's going to happen there as well. Mm, well, I'm fairly sure with the Euros, it, it should, I think it, I'm pretty sure it's almost just unofficially confirmed it'll go to 2021. I think that's the best option. I think it's it's foolish and ignorant for them to not make that decision. Yeah. Speaking of which, will we be making the trip to the Euros if it goes to 2021? Well, you know, like I pro- I have to rule myself out for this this year. But now that it's been moved, it just opens Pandora's box for me. So many, so many, so many possibilities. So many back pocket issues with the wallet as well. <laughs> no, the thing is, Woody, though, this week, you know, it's been a challenging week for, for all football fans and all fans of sport. Mm. And obviously there's all these jokes going around about, you know, what life's like without sport and how do people who don't watch sport live like this. Mm. But one thing that's really tested me it's my personality. Like, without sport, I've really got nothing else. Do you know what I'm, do you know what I'm, do you know what I'm getting at? It's I like, know what you mean. It's like, all I can talk about is the fact that the coronavirus is, is stopping sport. Like, I found myself so many times, like, whether it be a social event, not that I'm going to too many these days because of the virus, but, you know, like, with with my parents, with my family, they're talking about, you know, how many people it's affecting, and I'm just like, yeah, and did you know the Arsenal manager got... got just, <laughs> like, that's all I've got. It's just to revert back to yeah. it. Well, it was weird, because I actually went for lunch the other day uh, with four mates, and the only thing we talked about for, I reckon, for an hour and a half is consequences of the virus. Yeah. <laughs> which, like, I think... Not sums up friendships, but it sums up probably where we're at um, <laughs> socially. I, guess. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's just the, it's the, it is the talk of the town, though. So you know, not too much disrespect for us or yeah. to us, but you know, it is one of those things where just it is the hot topic. So yeah. that's why we're talking about it pretty much most of this podcast, and we're talking about it all week. Yeah, and in in the coronavirus fashion uh, or COVID nineteen, we have decided to lighten up this episode by cracking open a couple of coronas, haven't we, Damo? We haven't. 
Woody, I went, to, I went to open it before we started recording and you just gave me the dirtiest of looks and said, come on, mate, like at least wait till we start. So <laughs> do I have permission to open my beer now? You do. So what we got sitting here is two Corona Extras, <laughs> finest Mexican imports in the land. And Damon, oh, there oh, it is. Yes. And hit me with my one as well, Damo. Sorry, was I meant to wait an extra few seconds? I think I was, but... Yes. Nice. Got it. And not many can see, but Damien's actually struggling to get the bottle open in <laughs> behind his microphone. Get... <laughs> it was actually harder than I expected. But, uh, yeah, no, very, very fine beer. And... Shit. Cheers, Damien. Sorry, I drank some without you uh, cheering. It's all, right. all right. Um, oh, yeah, this could be a challenge. Random, <laughs> random stops to, to have a sip every now and then. But, yeah, no, I thought we'd, we'd, we'd stick with the trend and have, open up a few Coronas. Mm. But one thing that did really catch my eye, and even Optus Sport, probably you'd have to say Australia's number one most reliable football broadcaster, or only broadcaster, but you know what I mean, Woody. They're probably the main source for Premier League uh, information these days. They even posted about Cristiano Ronaldo and how he opened up his hotels and turned them into hospitals, basically, in Portugal. And everyone thought it was legit for a good 24 to 36 hours. And we were like, oh, Ronaldo, what a good bloke. This runs in fashion. Yeah. But, but it wasn't the case. It turns out not to be true. And I don't actually know who started this rumor, but I saw a few people, you know, maybe maybe indicating that Ronaldo starts these rumors himself. But I really don't, you know, oh. like, I don't think that that would be the case. I think that's a pretty easy thing to check up on. So I don't know if you'd want that sort of reputation if you get caught with mm. that sort of business. It's not like Kevin Durant and his burner Twitter accounts. He can't, like, if you're Ronaldo, you wouldn't be doing that. He's just, you know... No, well, he doesn't need it. And I don't think he cares too much what people think of him in the first place. He's nah. always been about letting his football do the talking. So, But yeah, I thought that was really interesting, just how quickly, just like a virus, a rumor can spread. We spoke, spoke to uh, Steve Wraith last week about how rumors in football just kick off so quickly mm. in the world of Twitter and you know social media in general. So it's one of those things we've always got to be careful. And one of those things we've got to be careful of when doing podcasts as well. Because, you know, if we were recording this maybe yesterday, we probably would have said how good of a bloke Ronaldo is. You know what I mean, Woody? Yeah, I know what you mean. And I think a, a good point about the Twitter, um, I guess, blob is is seeing what the current situation with the EPL could be. Because we've just um, been announced that the EPL has been um, delayed to April 3rd. But however, we've seen so much discussion about what's actually going to happen with the season if that deadline keeps getting pushed back beyond the three weeks that it already is. And we've seen so much being chatted about, you know, what's going to happen with Liverpool, what's going to happen with their title. You know, with the success they've had, surely it's basically a given, even though it's not mathematically um, proven yet. But, you know, the, the title is theirs for the taking. And, and no matter if the season did go on, it probably would be theirs. Um, so, again, like there's so many different rumors we have to dissect about the EPL, but then... More so about where Liverpool, I guess, are going to sit with their title race. Yeah, there's so many different opinions, not just from you know keyboard warriors on Twitter, but people who with with a bit of voice or a bit of bit of power in their voice. Saw so the West Ham CEO, she basically said the season had to be cancelled. Well, that'd be convenient for convenient West Ham. <laughs> but and but the team that strikes me the most is the most intriguing in this whole thing. Now, obviously, if if the Premier League were to abandon the whole league, it would, I think almost every club regardless of their feelings towards Liverpool or their place at this time, give or take you know, two or three teams, I think everyone wants the league to play out in some way or another, or at least you know, results to be determined. One thing that really catches my eye is, is your Blades, Woody. Mm. I think this, they will be the story of this whole thing rather than Liverpool winning the league, because I think if they do give Liverpool the league, you'll probably find 85% of people will accept it and, you know, most will, or Liverpool fans will celebrate it, and those who don't support Liverpool, Liverpool will, you know, <laughs> turn off their turn off their phones and computers. But yeah, what uh, the Sheffield one's really interesting because they're three points uh, out of fifth. If they if their game in hand is against Aston Villa, and let's be honest, we'd assume they win that game, which would get them into mm. the Champions League if Manchester City are banned. And at the moment, if the whole season was you know stopped and league positions were what they were then Sheffield would make Europa League given Manchester City's situation. But I just think it is one of the more... It's, I think it's the biggest story because if Manchester City do get off and Sheffield don't play European football next year, I think it'll be one of the, as I said, stories of the season. But it'll just be so sad for one of the stories of the season already. Yeah, but then on the flip side as well, looking at Villa with that game in hand, if they were to win that game against Sheffield and pull off something against the odds, which... You know, this season that it's been, we've seen countless times per round. Yep. They'd be out of relegation. 
That is so. That's the thing. Ways. On the flip side, it goes does go both ways, and I'd love to see what happens. You know, with that with that game in hand, if the season eventually gets suspended or called off or nullified, with that game in hand, what's going to happen? If because if they share a draw, Sheffield won't get there, and Villa will still be in oh, yeah, relegation. Team, a, a draw does nothing for either team. But on the topic of relegation and likewise the topic of promotion, um, I guess there has been some speculation, especially from Sky Sports pundits as well, about the potential of a 22-team uh, team season um, being played, obviously, with West Brom and Leeds in the position for automatic promotion. From, I like this one a lot. Yeah, this one's my favorite. Yeah, from the championship. So, I don't know. That, that could be something really interesting that gets played down. And um, I don't know. It would be a, what, a 42-game season? Yeah, for sure. 42 games and... It would probably, obviously, teams like Fulham and below in the championship would be incredibly disappointed. They've earned their rights playing a playoff and it might not happen. Look, you can't please everyone in this situation. I think every club is going to suffer in some way or form. Uh, you know, it is what it is. And we're just going to have to move past it as a footballing world. We always do. And I just want just one quick thing. I, I feel mm. like... It, the Premier League in general has copped a bit of criticism. And, and I'm talking world sport as well. I, I look at our own, very own AFL, Woody. I, I see Gil McLaughlin, for those Australians listening obviously know who he is, and copying a lot of criticism for the for the way the situation's being handled. But I actually, I'm on the other side of the coin here. I think people in these positions, I talk the FA, Gil McLaughlin, whoever it might be in whatever sport, the decisions they're making, like they've got to remember that the pressure, the pressure on them, from broadcasters, players, you know, sponsors, sponsors. The there, there are people who, you know, it, it almost come in a way. It doesn't matter what the people in power want. It's what the <laughs> what, what the people who give them the power want. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I do agree with you, and I think it's it's quite hard because when you think about it, it's it's hard when people to people for, to think as sport as a business because at the end of the day. It is. They are a, they are a sporting teams, but they're business entities. They are, and that's the thing. The financial, uh, I guess, consequences of this is going to be so large, and it could be could see teams that have struggled in the championship or teams that have struggled in lower leagues potentially go bankrupt. Even take a look at Leeds; they've again packed money into this promotion attempt at being promoted. If they if they don't get promoted because of this coronavirus. It could set them back another decade. Exactly, and probably the same with West Ham as well. And that's probably why, you know, since they've they've been through the financial struggles in the last year, who knows what's going to happen with without um, you know three weeks games revenue and potentially the rest of the season with no I guess um, backward support from the the league. You don't know what the financial implications really are going to be. It's really hard when you when we're not involved, so we don't one hundred percent know. But it, yeah. the decisions being made must be life-changing for yeah. certain people inside the organization. But I mean, we just I mean, just wait until we buy ourselves a team. Exactly. Then, then we'll yeah. understand it. Exactly. Fully. exactly. <laughs> All right. But Woody, it mm. is something that we haven't done in so long because there actually hasn't been any breaks in football. Last time we did a team rolling team of the season, you were of course away and it was just up mm. to me and Sammy and you did have your say with a cheeky little text yes. wanting to include Danny Ings, Got but something Danny might Ings in there. Something tells me Danny Ings might not be in this one, but he might be. I don't know. Let's, Get stuck into the rolling team of the season. Y'all ready for this? Damo, just before we do, I reckon um, I reckon we'll go a bit of two sharp reds here. What do you reckon of the Corona beer? <laughs> How's it Mate, going down? Uh, look, I'm going to be honest. Similar to the virus, you, you might want to avoid it at times. <laughs> But but that being, that, that being said, <laughs> obviously much talk about how you do require a lime with a Corona. So I think if you've got a lime nearby and a Corona with it, you'll be fine. But just having it on its own can be a bit of an effort, especially on a Tuesday afternoon. The, we're in a yeah. full working week to go, pretty much. <clears throat> it's not fantastic. All right, Damon, let's get stuck into it with a clink of the beer. Bang. Damon, do you want to start with your goalkeeper? <clears throat> Sorry. My goalkeeper is obviously Dean Henderson. I mean... He's been unbelievable this season. Can, before we say who my defenders are and stuff, Woody, have you got Dean Henderson as well? Sure do. Could, could not put him in. I mean, 10 clean sheets, second in the league. He's been unbelievable. 
You're right, and he's faced 91 shots on target, conceding only 22, which leaves me at the 75.8% save rate, which is absolutely immense for a team like Sheffield coming into the league. And he's going to prove some serious issues for Manchester United when he goes, when his loan spell with Sheffield is up. Uh, huge scenes there at Old Trafford. Who knows what's going to happen in their goalkeeping department. Damo, let's get stuck into the back four. My back four is pretty similar to the one we've had almost all season. At right back, Trent Alexander-Arnold. How could we not? He's had 12 assists and been unbelievable for a majority of the season. Left back, Andy Robertson. Again, seven assists. Those two boys just do it week in, week out for Liverpool pretty much. So I'm pretty sure you cannot not have them. And my centre-backs are Virgil van Dijk and James Tarkowski. And James Tarkowski has probably gone incredibly underrated for this season. Now, I know there's been a little bit of talk about how he's probably up there in England, England centre-backs, but I do think that, even, even that being said, his season is going still underrated. 81-headed clearances, that's first in the league. First for aerial duels, one for defenders. 37 block shots, that's second in the league. 148 clearances, which is also second in the league. Got himself a goal and assist. He leads tackles at Burnley, and he's the highest touches in the opposition box for defenders in the league. This guy is not just playing quality football himself, but he's playing the Burnley way, and I think that's all you can ask from a player in that Burnley team. When they get him get involved and understand the process, they have great seasons like this. Mm. Um, yeah, and it's interesting that you say that as well, because when I was looking at my back four, I was looking at Ben Mee, his partner in defense, mm-hmm. and the captain of Burnley as well. Um, but then I was looking at their age as well. Tarkowski's 27, Ben Mee's 30, about to turn 31. Um, so for me, I think Tarkowski is maybe just uh, edging over the better of the two. I think um, if you look, they're both very high up defensively, statistically. I think Tarkowski beats him by like one or two in almost every stat. Yeah, so you're it's right. very touch and go between the two. I think the difference between the two um, is that Ben Mee maybe doesn't have the technical ability that Tarkowski does. I think mm. Tarkowski, with his range of passing, probably pips Ben Mee a little bit as well, and he's a, a bit more athletic. I think so. it's something about seventy percent accurate passing from long balls, and that's that's pretty high for long balls. Yeah, I think I think he's only second to Connor Cody there from the Wolves um, in terms of defenders uh, in in terms of uh, long ball accuracy as well. However, yes, I believe that Tarkowski is the better of the two, um, which maybe brought me to my decision well, and I haven't gone for Tarkowski because I was tossing up between Ben Mee, Tarkowski, and Chris Basham as well. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to go with my Blades Ben here because he's the second most um, headed clearances, one behind Tarkowski, and has the most in intercept um, in the league for a defender, second in the league overall. And I think what he's done um, as an overlapping centre-back for Sheffield has completely revitalised their attack. Um, it's actually had an influence on English football as a whole. Oh, massive influence. And we see now the amount of centre-backs that actually push into the opposition box. We've seen the likes of Azpilicueta. Obviously, he's played his all across the all across the back line. However, when Chelsea play three back, he's always that defender that overlaps and pushes as a centre-back into the box, playing balls and trying to get on the edge of headers. Um, So I think the way that Sheffield play, and particularly this man, Basham, has completely changed the way that um, defenders are being played now in the league. So Mm -hmm. for me, he's in my team of the season. Just to confirm, the rest of the back four, are they same as Yeah, so what I've done, I've gone Basham... um, TAA and Robertson as fullbacks, and then the big Verge, Van Dyke as centre-back as well. All right, cool. Well, we'll settle that centre-back discussion at the end, I reckon. Sure. Move on to the midfield. It is a midfield three for me. I have Kevin De Bruyne, of course, and Woody, can we lock him in now as well? Mate, you can't you can't not lock him in. The man has 16 assists, absolute gem so far this season, and he's, Put, he's putting a serious case to be the best centre midfield in the world. And it, Manchester City have been without him for two games this season. A 2-0 loss to Man United at Old Trafford and a 2-0 loss to Wolves at home. So it does go, go to show not just his importance, but the lack of goals that City have without him. Mm. So he's a lock. Yes. All right. My other midfielder is a man that's talked about quite a lot uh, in terms of player of the season possibilities. It's sort of come up, especially since he's got injured, and that's Jordan Henderson. I think he's been... Underrated for a lot of the year, and then <laughs> in a way almost overrated for the past for the past <laughs> month or two. But that's no disrespect to him. Ever since he got injured, Liverpool uh, lost to Atletico Madrid twice, Chelsea in the cup, and of course Watford in the league to end their undefeated run. But I just think the three goals and five assists doesn't do his injustice in terms of the role he plays at Liverpool. Fabinho's lo- uh, missed a decent amount of 
football for Liverpool. And at times, he's almost kept Fabinho out. And, and last season, Fabinho was one of Liverpool's better players. So I think Jordan Henderson, for mine, has been incredible. And the other one is my man. Oh, shit. Here we go. Fred yeah. from Manchester United. Now, he doesn't have the st- st- stats behind him to warrant a selection in this side. I was going to say. But. Go on. If any person who, any Man United fan or any person who watches Man United regularly will know the role this guy has played. And I, I'm not comparing him to last season because he's been the most improved player in the league, hands mm-hmm. down, clearly. Yeah. But just this season alone, I just, the role he's played for Man United has single-handedly kept them in the top four race at times, especially when they had quite a few injuries just in that November, December period. And, and even someone once Rashford was out. I just think that Fred... Look, there might have been a bit of bias. My heart has put him in this team. <laughs> but Woody, I'm, I'm interested in to, to know who, you, who your midfield Question is. Question though, with Fred, do you think... Do you, are you picking him... If we're looking at a team, because we have said in the past that we want our rolling team of the season, um, XIs, to be functional in play. Uh, are you playing him more as an advanced central midfielder or just playing in central in the park or defensively back. I think what are you looking at? The quality of the side doesn't warrant two defensive midfielders. Mm-hmm. But I would say that Henderson and Fred both have capabilities to be a defensive midfielder. So I would play both of them behind Kevin De Bruyne and give them the license to run up and down as well. It's almost, almost like two box-to-box and an, and an attacking mid rather than barely even have a CDM. Fair enough. You, I don't, I don't know. Just, sorry, I've just got Fred's stats up here a little bit. He's got 28 successful tackles, 78 unsuccessful. So let's just keep that in mind when I uh, list off my midfield. And, oh, give uh, me a spell. Let's, let's just have a gaze at what uh, the big Nico has got in his team. Alrighty. So I've also gone for KDB, Locke. You can't, you can't not have him. He's a man's a machine. Um, and I've gone for central midfield. I've also gone for Jordan Henderson. And I think it's one of those cases. And if you look at Liverpool's most recent runs, it's like you don't know how much you missed something until you've actually lost it. Yep. And I think that's exactly what's happened here. And that's probably made the world really recognize um, Jordan Henderson's con- contribution to the team. Because I think before he was injured, he wasn't really in any discussions or team of the yeah. weeks or that sort of business. But since he's gone, he's immediately been plummeted into play of the season yeah. <laughs> you know, talks. like, And that's a huge jump to have. It's to being also worth noting his flexibility as well. Yeah. He's been thrown around. Yeah, or he's been playing as a right winger when uh, um, Bobby Firmino, you know, chooses to sit back and Salah picks his role in the center. Yep. Um, and then obviously Henderson pushes out to the right wing. Um, you know, he has contributions from all over the pitch. And obviously it's one of those things where the stats just straight up don't support his play. Mm-hmm. He's a guy with the strongest engine. He's the guy with the strongest heart and potentially the strongest leadership capabilities as well. So that's why we both got him in our team. He's probably the man wearing the armband in this situation. However, um, my third man, I've gone for Jack Grealish. And I put him in the central midfield position because that's a position he has played not so much... uh, Yeah, I was about to say, the criticism for Fred's pretty unwarranted when you haven't even picked a centre mid as far as I'm concerned. Mate, calm down. If we're playing him as an attacking midfielder, right? He's got 127 fouls won. Highest in the league by 33. Next one is Wilfred Zaha. Um, and then he's got seven goals, six assists, coming from a deep left wing position, right? Or a deep, uh, probably a, you know, a further advanced midfielder, in a way. Um, or when just your typical left winger. No, because no, he's, <laughs> he's been pushing central. He, he plays in that position. Anyway, he's fourth most dangerous passes played in the league. So dangerous passes classifies as a pass that leads to a, sh- a direct shot. Mate, the man is a machine. I reckon he should be straight on the team sheet for England come the Euros. If they're next year, yeah. this year, who bloody knows? He's, he's Aston Villa's captain for a reason. And I think he's, for me, watching him, he has to be one of the best players to watch in the season, hands down. Not even a question for me. All right, well, we're going to come back to that midfield discussion because at yeah. the moment it stands Henderson and De Bruyne are in. So now there's only two positions so far up for debate. One centre-back and one central midfielder role. Up into the attackers now, Woody. And I've gone for the man who, up until recently, probably had a, didn't have a great start to 2020, but his two goals the other week against Villa keeps him in my team, and that's Jamie Vardy up top. I think 19 goals can't really go wrong when you're the leading goal scorer. 
In left wing, I have Sadio Mane. Now, this guy, I had him down as Liverpool's best player of the season. So I just don't think, don't think you can go past him. Seven assists, fourteen goals. He's been unbelievable this season at times, and you know, found goals at important important times, which I have mentioned throughout this season a lot. And on the right, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Talk about carrying single handedly has kept Arsenal alive this season. 42% of their goals have been scored by him. 17 goals for the season, just the one assist, but that's not his role. His role is to bang them in the back of the net. And so, yeah, he is my right winger. Can I just say, you have cracked it at me for putting Grealish in a quote, oh, quote here. No, no, no. Quote here. Quote here. Um, a, you know, unfulfilled position that he may or may not have played throughout the season. I'm not saying about me he hasn't played right wing, but he, we all know he's a out-and-out left winger for this Arsenal team, and you've stuck him on your right wing, which means you're choosing two left wings. Now, now, now. Aubameyang has at least played at right wing for Arsenal this season. I don't think I've seen Jack Grealish in central midfield for Villa. Again, like I'm saying, he'd be attacking central midfield (laughs) if we're playing him. Alrighty, don't don't get me wrong here. You know exactly what 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 I'm saying here. And we both know KDB isn't the most attacking um, midfielder. He's always the one pulling the strings from deep sometimes, majority of the time, actually. You know, with Rodri just behind him as well. He's nowhere near the most attacking midfield, like a Bernardo Silva. Okay, so are you saying Grealish should be played ahead of De Bruyne? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. That is exactly what I'm saying. All righty. Now, I'll get stuck into my front three as Damo finishes off his beer. Introducing Force Factor Fundamentals. Exclusively at the Vitamin Shop, these men's health essentials have clinically studied ingredients like biopurine for enhanced absorption. Yohimbine, pine bark, and L-arginine can help you strengthen blood flow and heighten passion with doses that may bring you the results you crave. Now you can save 20% on Force Factor, including the fundamentals at The Vitamin Shop. Get these men's health game changers in your life at any The Vitamin Shop store or vitaminshop.com. I've gone with Aubameyang on the legit left wing. Legit left wing. Okay, yeah. Okay, and I think it's a fair data as well. I've gone for Mo Salah at right wing. And the reason is because I think he's just probably the most prolific right wing out there. The man has 16 goals, six assists, and he's averaging a goal every 140 minutes he plays. He has the most touches inside the opposition box and the second highest shots this season, but, however, has the highest on target. The man, although he gets criticized so much for his defensive, you know, lack of defensive effort, Sometimes he seriously, he's just an absolute weapon into in front of goal. Absolute weapon. He cracks shots left, right, and center. And if looking past the goals and assists that he has, he threatens the defense so much. So much. I think more so than a lot of what right wingers do. And then maybe because he's played a lot further forward, I don't know. But he, the man creates chances and puts Liverpool in winning positions. All right, so who have you got up top? Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry, my bad. You're not, you're not done. I've actually gone for Sergio Aguero. Really? So uh, you're keeping out the leading goal scorer in the league? I am. I am. <laughs> yeah, this will be good. No, it, it, I think it's completely completely warranted, right? right. So I look at the Vardy, Agu- Vardy versus Aguero, right? They both had the same amount of goals um, with, you know, 0.73 um, per game. All right, goals per game. Yes. Vardy, however, 19 goals, four assists. Aguero, 16 goals, three assists. Vardy has a m- one more assist and three more goals. However, Aguero's played four less games. Okay, so for me, I feel as if they'd be on par if they played the same amount of games. Okay? Okay. So if you're looking at goals per game ratio. But then looking beyond that, Aguero scores a, scores a goal every 87 minutes with a goal contributing every 74 minutes. Vardy, on the other hand, is a goal every 117 minutes and a goal contribution every 97 minutes. And that's Aguero's efficiency on the pitch. Now, the man has a lot of shots, don't get me wrong. But the thing is, he comes on or off as a sub a lot more than what Vardy does. And whether that's down to Manchester City's options, who knows. But his efficiency when he shoots and the minutes he plays is so much more significant than Vardy. I think, for me, it pips him in this team, despite missing four games. All right. How about this? I will give you Mo Salah over Aubameyang if you give me Vardy over Aguero. So you want Mane in there? 
Yes. Um, I don't know. I think that's a fair. It's a fair one. I just don't feel as if you know. I want both. I do want you, both. You, I, you, I do want right. both. <laughs> <laughs> all right, hang on. So but me... it is pretty stiff to lead out the golden, leading goal scorer. And with that being said as well, if you look at the other leading options, someone that I was t- tossing out between was Raul Jimenez as well. The man has 13 goals and six assists with the season. Um, and has played the most, but he's played the most minutes out of Aguero, Vardy. I think he just and falls Jimenez. short. Just he just falls short. And it's unfortunate because we're only choosing one striker, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in the previous one, we chose Ings and Vardy. I'd also think- argue that if we were having two strikers, you could have Aubameyang and Vardy up top. Yeah, you could. Or actually, you could put Aubameyang and Mane on the wings and have Aguero and Vardy. Yeah, which top. would restrict us to two midfielders as yeah. well. However, it's something that we probably can't do considering um, the amount of players on offer, especially in defense and midfield as well. I think it's only fair that we do the 4 3 3 split. Yep. Um, so for that reason, I'm going to go with Aguero. I'm going to hold strong there. However, I do see the validity of having Vardy in there because he's the highest goal scorer. Okay, so, well, that. Pretty much just says nothing in our decision, <laughs> decision to you know make a decision. So yeah. right, just to confirm, Henderson in goal, Robertson left back, Van Dyke centre back, Arnold right back. Who are we picking between Tarkowski and Besham? Uh, I actually I actually can't move on Tarkowski. I, I refuse to let you have anyone else. All right, well then I'm gonna follow in suit as well. You can have Tarkowski in there. I'm gonna plus one to you, but um, you owe me one. Alrighty, so um, that means De Bruyne, Henderson, Lock, Grealish, or Fred for midfield. All right, I, because I understand there may be a little bit of bias for my man crush involving Fred, I will give you, Grealish, if you promise on the Instagram post to have Henderson behind De Bruyne and Grealish in sort of like a 4-1-2-3, if that's even a formation. Do you know what I'm saying? Wait, so hold on. Sort of like what Man City play with two attacking midfielders and Rodri sitting behind. Can that be done? Sure, done. Okay, cool. All right, so now the attackers, and we've actually both got both got Aubameyang, but I feel like he's the one that we're That's willing to us, yeah. that we're willing he's to. He's the move. bargaining chip, yeah, for both of us. So it's it's actually hard to make a decision here. So I really don't think you can move Mane from left wing, though. That's my only that's my mm, only issue. And fair enough. So if if we take Aubameyang out, yeah, are we going to have to put Aguero or Vardy as a right wing? Or I'm actually happy to give you Salah as well. That's the thing. I, I'm happy to. Cap. So you want to go Mane and Salah? I th- I think we. I'm for a team that's lost one game all season. I don't have any issue with it. That's so stiff. What about Miang though? I know it is. He's put Arsenal on his shoulders in every competition, not just Premier League as well. It is true. I. It it, it is incredibly tough. Do we want to have Mane? Oh, it's so hard not to put Vardy in there. I was going to say, do you want Mane? Aguero or Bamiyang mm. as the front three, but then we're we're leaving out Salah and Vardy. That's hard. It is very, very hard. hard. Alrighty, so I reckon. Alright, let's let's just look from a, a, a gameplay point of view, I reckon. Okay. If would you rather Mane or Bamiyang on your left wing? Mane. From a gameplay if you're picking a team to play. I would have my I'd pick Mane. Alright, would you rather a Bamiyang or Salah? I th- oh. I think I would. Oh, Jesus! It, it, it is really hard because. No, nah, but I'm talking about if you were to pick a on team a right to play wing, on a yeah, right, right wing. wing. I think you'd have to go Salah. All right. Well then, poor. Again, that's that's our decision. Then we have to stick with it. All right. Mane and Salah. We're going for the Liverpool wings. Yeah. And oh, that hurts. Um. Uh. I think uh, is Aubameyang an option? To chuck him up top? Or, or is, does, do we stick with Aguero and Vardy? We're getting mixy-mixy here. I don't know about this. Um, yeah. All right, can we stick with Vardy? We have to stick with Vardy. He's golden boot. He's golden boot as it stands right now. It could be the golden right. boot if the season gets uh, okay. called off. All right. So we're sticking with Vardy. Then. Sticking with Vardy. All right, done. And I like Vardy's uh, ability to stay on the pitch. So I'd probably... I mean, Aguero is clearly probably the better player. Yeah. But I think just... You got to go Vardy for this season. All right. So just a quick recap: Henderson in goals, left back, Andy Robertson, centre back Tarkowski and Virgil Van Dijk, right back Trent Alexander Arnold, centre mid we're going Henderson, De Bruyne and Grealish, left wing Mane, striker Vardy, right wing Salah. Damo, sound good? I'm happy with that. 
Alrighty, Damon, let's uh, finish it off with a clink of the beer. Bang. Cool. All right. Speaking of things that we haven't done for a while, it's time to bring back another one. And I think that's, this one's a fan favorite. It is time for everybody's favorite segment, and that is the Premier League Nightclub Game Show. Alrighty, it is back for the first time in a while, as I said. The Premier League Nightclub Game Show is here. And on the line, we have a long, long-time fan who's been wanting to get on, but of course, has actually just come back from Europe, so he just avoided the, going into quarantine. Anthony, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good day, boys. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it is about time. Um, Anthony, I'm sure you're familiar with how the game works, but just to remind the listeners and yourself, it is five rounds. There will be two rounds of name that team, two rounds of name that player, and two and one round of name that manager. Uh, your name is your buzzer. Make sure you know who it is, because if you get the answer wrong, then the other person gets to listen to the rest of the clues. There'll be five clues, and then they get to have their guess. It's best three out of five, but if it's a draw, it is just a draw. I still haven't come up with a tiebreaker round or extra time or anything like that. So, are you ready? Yes. Oh, actually, this is a question we like to ask all our all our uh, contestants. What Premier League club do you support? Uh, I follow Arsenal have for about ten years now. The Gooners. Oh, the Gooners. I think this is our first Arsenal fan. I think it is. Probably. I think it is. All right. It's a hard life. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> it is. All right. You ready? First up. Yeah, let's do it. Name that player. I have played in the Premier League since the start of the 2015-16 season for the same club. I am a two-time PFA Young Player of the Year. I am English. I am an attacking midfield player. And final clue, I scored in the 2018 FIFA World Cup for England. I shouldn't know this. Uh, 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 Give you both about 10 seconds. This is rough. We can't even get the first one. Um, Two time. I need an answer, lads. Wait, wait. You say two time PFA player of the year? Young player of the year. Oh, young player of the year. Oh. Yes. No. Who do you say? Lingard. Jesse Lingard, no. <laughs> You're a fool, mate. Oh, actually, uh, Nick. Yes. Raheem Sterling. No. <laughs> Who is it? It is Delhi Alley. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. So there you go. Yeah, no. It, it, Jesse Lingard was actually the player that you could have got confused with if it wasn't for the Young Player of the Year because he pretty much was in every single clue other than the Player of the Year one. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It wasn't a bad guess. Alright, next up, name that team. We have won the English top flight once in our history, but it was in the late 1800s. We are currently playing in the Premier League. We have lost just seven games this season in the league. We have received just one red card this season, and that was our captain. Final clue... We have one player on loan from Manchester United. Nick. Yes. Uh, I should have said Woody. Uh, Blades. Yes. Yes. It is Sheffield. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it is Sheffield United. Yeah. Get some. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry in advance, Anthony. I knew that last clue was going to push yeah, push Woody over the edge. Yeah, obviously he is. He's his favorite name. Of course he's going to. Of course. Of course. All right. So 1-0 to Woody as we go into name that manager. I have managed a variety of Premier League clubs, one of which is Fulham. I took Fulham to the Europa League final in 2010 when we lost to Atletico Madrid. The club I am currently at, I have been with since 2017. I have managed an international team before. And finally, last clue, I have recently signed a contract extension with the club I am at. No, I'm, I'm 
Um, Ten to fifteen seconds. Mmm, that's rough. Um, five seconds. <laughs> Jesus, horrible. I think I'm gonna call it, lads. It is Roy Hodgson. That's horrible. I felt the uh, the the international manager one might have been able to give it away, but Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. So yeah. All right. Fourth round. Anthony, if Woody wins this, you're you you're cooked. So you got to at least draw this one. All right. Fourth round. Name that player. I played in the Premier League from 1996 through to 2013 with what? Yes. Kicks. No. <laughs> oh, oh no! Watch the, <laughs> watch the language, young man. <laughs> All right, so Woody, I will let you. I'll let you. You sure did. I will let you. Woody, I'll let you hear the rest of them. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, re just repeat that. I played in the Premier League from 1996 to 2013 with one season in Spain. During one season that time. in Spain? Okay. I won one Premier League title. I scored 150 goals in 326 appearances in the Premier League. I am English. Final clue I am the only player in history to score four. Goals in four major tournaments for England. Four goals. So in sorry, four. one goal in one goal in four different tournaments for England. I should say, at least one. Um. <laughs> Listen to this guy. Four goals in four major tournaments. Can you just, can you just repeat all of them, all of the clues again? Sorry for me. Jesus, very very generous, but. I played in the Premier League from 96 to 2013, one season away in Spain. I won one Premier League title. I scored 150 goals in 326 appearances. I am English, and I'm the only player in England history to score in four separate major tournaments for England. Um, I'll give you 10 seconds here. Ah, uh, yes, I reckon. Uh, Nick. Yes. Michael Owen. Yes. Yes, because the only team he won was the fucking Manchester. <laughs> yes, he won the league title at Man United. <laughs> Jeez. All right, so we That's take rough. the chockies, but we will play the last round just for yeah, for the fun. All right. Did you, did you know that, Anthony? Yeah, I knew it was Owen. Uh, but he, when he said the Spain. Yeah, yeah gigs, gigs, yeah. <laughs> All right, final one. Name that team. We have won the English top flight twice, last time being in 1960. Our current manager is English, so a very English-themed game show today. We finished 15th last season. Nick. We yes. Bournemouth. No. <laughs> so, Anthony, I'll just say those say the final two yeah, clues to you. We had <laughs> one. We had one player make the England squad for the 2018 FIFA World Cup. We currently sit in the top half of the Premier League table. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Anthony. Yes. Bentley. That is correct, Anthony. On the board late. <laughs> on the board late. So it's a 2-1 win to Woody, but Anthony, well done getting on the board. If you probably held off another two seconds on that clue, because you didn't yeah, even fin let me finish the first clue, you probably would have got the Owen yeah. one as well. So, yeah. fine margins here at the Premier League nightclub, but it is what it is. Yeah, geez. Thank you so much for coming on, Anthony. Ho hope you no keep way. listening. Don't be put off. Stiff Bicky's oh, champion. Love you. Love your work, mate. Love your contribution. But I reckon, huh? I'll be I'll be listening every week. Don't worry. <laughs> good man. Good man. <laughs> you legends. Uh, Richie, thanks for uh, thanks for contributing, champ. But uh, better luck next time, and uh, maybe uh, All right, yeah, wrap it go up, back please. to Europe, champ. <laughs> See you, Anthony. See you, boys. Gee whiz, Woodrow, you, you, you've actually you what four from five now, probably? Yeah, I think so. I think we've done about seven of these, and uh, oh, no, maybe two I, of them I, I <laughs> stuffed I'm, up recording. I think I'm three one one. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. officially. Who so, did you draw with? I can't even remember. We'll have to I think I drew, was it Danny? Nah, Danny beat you. Danny's your oh, Danny was my only loss. Yeah. 
I can't remember who uh, you drew. The draw might have been one of the microphone stuffed up because I was about to say we've 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 done about seven of these, but only five yeah, of them have made have it. come with, come through. But nevertheless, Woody, I know you're up and about right now, but it's time mm. to get angry. Yeah, I, I a few things have absolutely made me angry, and that means a return for Woody's whip. So my whip this week is completely validated because I've not had some skeptical ones in the past, but this one is aimed at the international football uh, champs that they are, PSG, all right? So PSG quickly becoming and easily becoming one of the most hated teams in Europe. Not only are they flashy players, but I reckon they're genuine douchebags underneath those flashy cars as well, right? Their lack of class after their Champions League win against Dortmund was on full display, absolutely disgusting. They had the nerve to bag and repeatedly dig into a 19-year-old player. 19 years old. Talk about being insecure. Mate, talk about being insecure. Neymar carried on like a headless chook <laughs> when he scored that header, right? And after the game, there were the whole PSG squad doing the uh, the Erling Haaland, uh, you know, the yoga the yeah. yoga celebration. Absolute joke, right, mate? The whole time, the whole time, they are bagging a 19-year-old who is probably the youngest hot prospect in Europe right now. Neymar is supposed to be the best footballer in the world. The, the, hands down, the most expensive. Right, and he is wasting his time bagging nineteen-year-old mate. If anything, he should be switching his shirt with this kid at the end. He's going to be better than him. He's going to be better than him. <laughs> yeah. P- seriously, PSG have fell so short in the Champions League that they feel the need to celebrate a win like that. They're not fucking winners yet. They're not winners yet. The thing is, the f- this is their first time they've gone through past the round of sixteen with Neymar and Mbappe. On the team, sheet. yeah, exactly. And you know what's worse? They might they not even the, play. <laughs> no, in in the Paris in the Paris Square when they got back back to um back to the back to Paris, right? They all took their shirts off and the flares in the streets. They haven't won yet. They haven't won. It's difference in mentality. I guess it's ridiculous. You look at some Marquinhos. You look at Mbappe. You look at Neymar putting all these stories up on the Instagrams and Facebooks and whatnot, right? Mate, they're celebrating like they've just won won the World Cup or like they've just won the Champions League. They're just through the round of sixteen. That's it. <laughs> That's it. And they're acting like complete fools. Who do they think they are? Mate, one night in Paris happened last year. That's probably going to happen again next round. And we're going to see where they're all going to go back un- into their shells under their rocks. They're jokes, mate. PSG are a joke. They're so far up their own ass. They literally don't know how to be competitive with the world anymore. It's a joke. And as soon as they play a competitive matchup, they, 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 think, it's, they think it's like, you know, um, they've won the Champions League or they've won the World Cup. Yeah. Because they play against farmers every week. They don't know what good competition's like. It's a joke. Saying. It is a joke and it's so embarrassing to watch as well. So embarrassing. Alrighty. Is that it? Yep. Which whip's done. Whip's done. The whip is done. Ka-chow. And I think Ka-chow. with that, it means this episode thirty seven of the pod Ooh. is also done. Woody, I feel like we had we, it was a tough episode in terms of obviously lack of football. And as I spoke about my lack of personality comes out when there's no football on. So I think we did well though, given the circumstances. I think I think we did so as well. And my sorry, my blood's my. I still got a little bit of a headache. I got so much blood going in my head because <laughs> that Woody's whip. Um, but Damo, just before we cap off as well, so we finished our Corona extras, um, finest import from the land of Mexico. Who would you compare it to as a player? <laughs> oh, you're joking. No. Uh, <laughs> um, I would probably say. You know what? I mm. I'm actually gonna say. I'm going to say Jesse Lingard. And Jesse Lingard. The only reason I'm saying this is because, as I spoke about earlier, it requires something else to be good. And I feel like Jesse mm. Lingard's the type of players who needs quality around him to flourish. And it's also probably one of the most popular beers for 18-year-olds and young people. I would also say Jesse Lingard is popular with young people. <laughs> is that because he's still 17? <laughs> still the hottest young some, prospect in, some in Europe? people's eyes. So, yeah, I would have to go Jesse Lingard because it requires things, things around them to be quality. So that it's quality, and it's a bit hit and miss for the older bu- older folk, but it's uh, funny and and fun to drink for the younger folk. Mm. Woody, who would you who would you hit up? Well, I uh, for me, I feel as if um, you know this is crisp. This does the job, um, but for me, it just falls short because you know it is it is lacking a little bit of uh, quality, a little bit no, a little bit of additional sauce to it. Okay. And for me, that represents Liverpool. They've done so well the whole season. They've been crisp. They've been sharp. They go the whole way, but 
I honestly think they're just going to fall a little bit short. Oh, you're joking. <laughs> honestly, can, can, I, can I just say, <laughs> if we get any emails or anything like this from, from people at Two Sharp Reds, <laughs> we're just, just going to come back with, they stole our idea for cartoon uh, album covers for yes. podcasts. So yeah. I think it's one-one if they have an issue with it. Completely agree. Completely okay. agree. And we're not calling it Two Sharp Beers, are we? No, we're calling it... Well, the Premier League Ma- nightclub. Yeah, and this are. is what the bar served us up at the nightclub. Yes, it did. We it have did. no choice. It is what it is. Yep. And you're hitting it on the Infinity Dance floor. Damo, where can you find us on the Twitter? On the Twitter at PL Nightclub and on Instagram, Woody. You can find us at Premier League Nightclub. Thank you all guys so much for listening to episode 37. The Premier League Nightclub train keeps rolling off, keeps rolling on. The coronavirus, Ep 1. Yeah, that is the case. And of course... The next two or three weeks and so on will always be up in the air, but we will always be posting on our Twitter, especially in regards to whether an episode will be coming out. At this stage, it's week weekly still, but yep. if we do run out of content or if it's just not the right vibe to make a pod, we'll, we will notify all on our Twitter and probably even on our Instagram, so keep an eye out for them. Of course, make sure you subscribe, follow wherever you listen, but until next time... Keep boogieing at the nightclub, guys, and thank you very much for tuning in. See ya. See ya. What's the secret to job satisfaction? It's working in a career that serves the greater good. That's what being a Marquette nurse is all about. So if you're ready to make a difference, our direct entry Master of Science in Nursing program in Milwaukee or Pleasant Prairie can prepare you to be the difference in less than 21 months. And you don't need nursing experience to apply, just a non-nursing bachelor's degree. Search Marquette Direct Entry MSN to get started. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.